isolated. Skirtle here. Oh, yes! Welcome to Manchester United, Anthony Martial! Here comes Sanchez. Pogba trying to get in again. He's in again. He scores again! What a comeback by Manchester United. Driven by Paul Pogba. Breaks here for Bruno Fernandes. Oh, what a strike! What an unbelievable hit from Bruno Fernandes. Shaw. Into Ronaldo! Cristiano Ronaldo in the Champions League again for Manchester United. Get on me, get clapped and lose your legs. I walk around, gun on my waist. Chip on my shoulder, top, bust a clip in your face. Post to this beef ain't no Many men, many, 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 many men Wish death upon me, Lord, I don't cry no more Don't look to the sky no more Have mercy on me, have mercy on my soul Somewhere my heart turned cold Have mercy on many men Many, 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 many men Wish death upon me days wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain Joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain Death gotta be easy, cause life is hard. It'll leave you physically, mentally, and emotionally scarred. This is for my niggas on the block. What's good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Le Carrington Podcast. Joining me today, I have the one and only Aaron. You might know him as Aaron Manx, Aaron Sakaya. Is it Sakaya? Can I pronounce that right? Sakaya. Sakaya, yeah, bro. Bro, I've been meaning to get you on and talk about United for so long, but I'm so happy to get you on. How are you, bro? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Transfer period. Very busy for other clubs. It's just kind of different for us, but yeah, it is what it is. But I'm good, man. Bro, as I said, many different, many busy for other clubs, not for us. But let's get straight on to our transfer business because we fly off to um, Bangkok today for our preseason. First things first on the agenda, Ronaldo. He basically said he wants to leave. One, I don't blame him. He's come out and said, you know, I'm in my prime years. I'm 37. There's only so much so I can do. Champions League and it's not going to be in Man United. I want to ask you, what do you feel about um, Ronaldo? Should he go or should we try keep him for one more season as he is contractually obliged to? Hmm. Um, I think it's best for both parties if if he leaves. Um, I think it's, he's made it pretty much clear that he wants Champions League football, which is something that we can't offer him. So it would be best for him to leave. Um, <clears throat> I don't really know why people would try and hold on to him. Um and on top of that, you know, starting, <clears throat> excuse me, starting a new project with a almost 38-year-old striker, no matter who it is, I think is a bit of a crazy idea. Uh, if you want to build, if, if you wanted to build around a player, then you might as well do it with a player who's in his 20s, late 20s, that's fine. But building your team, especially with a new manager, a new project, new style of play around a 37-year-old, it's not the best thing to do for me. So... Yeah, I think it's best for him and the club if if he just moves on because Champions League is clearly what he wants to do and we can't offer him that, so yeah. Mm. So, because I, I agree with you, bro. I feel like it's best for, for both parties to move on. But I'm thinking if we, do, if we move him on, does that mean we need to sign a direct replacement? He scored 18 Premier League goals last season. He was literally our only outlet of goals at the time. If we do let Ronaldo go, who do we get in at that number nine position? Do we need? Does it come from the transfer market? Does it become within the team? How do we replace Ronaldo in his goals? 
Well, the first option would be to, you know, get a chewed out of Anthony Martial or whatever's left of him. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. Martial is one of my top three favourite players at the club, but I just don't know what's been going on with him. He's not been the same. Um, so it would really be a miracle if Ten Hag manages to get something out of him. The second option would be to go in the market and find out who would suit the system that Ten Hag wants to play. And according to that system, bring someone in. Um, we just spoke off air about um, Dybala possibly being linked to us. I'm not going to say I'm super enthusiastic, but I wouldn't be against it. Because I think the free against market... Dybala. Yeah, I wouldn't be against Dybala because the free, agent, the free agent market is something that we haven't really exploited that much in recent years. And in terms of forwards and strikers, the market is very, it's very, it's close to none at the moment available. Uh, all the big strikers that we got linked to all went to other clubs. Holland went to City, Nunes went to Liverpool. Okay, there's that. There's a striker from um, Sassuolo, but he's being linked with PSG now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's not, it's not like we're spoiled for choice in terms of strikers in the market. So, you have to look at the system that we want to play and, you know, bringing in a Dybala, maybe playing as a false nine, playing as a second striker, which is something he's used to as well, isn't that bad of, a, of an idea. So it's going to be tough to go in the market and find someone. But yeah, the first choice would obviously be, you know, um, Anthony Martial uh, playing up front. Oh God, bro, like, I feel like we're so dusted because one, I agree with you, Renato. I think we sh- he should go. Like, as you said, we might as well start a project, get the projects over and started, and Ronaldo helps that. If he stays, so be it. We do it next season because the striker market is poor at the moment. One, as I said, with Martial, I um, I was a Martial stan. I was screaming it's 9am, but now, I, like, honestly, I don't care about him. If he goes tomorrow, I don't care anymore. I don't think he's good enough to be a Man United number nine. And I tried and I tried and I tried, but I just feel like all the number nines I've watched Man United growing up, Anthony Martial's nowhere near that level. Um, in regards to Dybala, I can't do it, bro. I can't do it. I'm not saying is not a good player, but it, this, these are the transfers Man United have been making for the past 10 years. And this is why I was so angry about the Ericsson deal, is that it shows that we've learned nothing, bro. Like, it shows that we still have the same transfer strategy of just buying these big names on the decline or just buying these big names and trying to fit them in without having a strategy or say, okay, when we sign players, they need to fit this build. They need to fit not only this build for the manager, but they need to fit this build in general. Like, for example, if we signed Dybala now, that's that's a typical Man United signing, bro. How many times have we linked with Dybala before? I know it's in a free. I know it's, it seems like a good deal, but he's 28. He's on the decline. And we want him to play up front in the Premier League, which I don't think that he can do. Maybe he can play the false nine and second striker, as you said. But that's just, it's a typical, it will sell shirts. It's a typical Man United signing. And sorry, we've been bad in the transfer market for the past 10 years, bro. I can't keep watching my club make the same mistakes. And this is why I said with Ericsson, because look at the free agent market this season, bro. There were so many good free agents. We could have, I'm not even saying Bubakar Kamara would have changed our midfield. But that's something we need as a DM. We could have just said to him, he, the fact that he went to Villa shows that he could have gone to Man United easily. Mm. Easily. Villa are not playing no European football. We could have gone to him, listen, we need a DM desperately. Even if you're not at DM, that would be good for squad depth. It's free. Smart transfer. Ericsson, does he improve our midfield? Yes. 
But it's just these tip. We've given him a three year deal, bro. A three year deal. But you know, you know, with that, uh, with Ericsson, I think I have a slightly different opinion. I, I'm quite happy with him coming to the club for the pure reason that, you know, he knows, I'm not going to say he knows the Ten Hag system, but he knows the, the Dutch footballing system, let's say. He knows yeah. how Dutch footballers play. He's obviously came through the ranks at Ajax, played in their first team, whatever, whatever. Um, so, and he trained with them as well when he was trying to get back into football. He was training with them. So, my theory is that if Ten Hag wasn't coming to Man United, he would have tried to sign Ericsson at Ajax to bring it back to the club. So, no, see, the only reason I need to stop that is because he trained with him and then he went to Brentford. If he trained with him and was such a good trainer, why didn't he just join Ajax? He could have. I, I, I reckon the, the wages might have been a problem because, you know, yeah, but Brentford people are paying more wages than Ajax for a good player like Ericsson. And if you give them both the opportunity, I feel like Ericsson would have chosen to play for Ajax other than Brentford. So, like, my, I know that he trained under Ten Hag and Ten Hag watched him first team, but I'm mm. thinking if I watch this guy every day and then I don't sign him for the club, my championship winning side, why am I now going to sign him for, a, obviously, bias, a bigger club like Man United for squad depth? I'm not saying Christian Ericsson is not going to improve our midfield because, of course, he is. I'm not that mm. stupid. But these, it's these transfers, bro. Because this is free. We now, we now have three years of Christian Eriksen, whether we like it or not, because he's not going to be sold. We now have three years of him, and then he's going to go leave in a free. He's going to go leave in a free when he's like 33. And there's just no point. Look at City's squad depth. Look at Liverpool's squad depth. Why are Man United players, why are Man United buying squad depth before they've sorted out their starting 11? Ooh, I think, to be fair, I think we've we've had to sort out our squad depth for a long time, bro. Because no, 100% granted, bro. I feel like our squad depth is crap, but I feel like. I, any club should start should buy their starting eleven first. And yeah, but if 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 we're looking if we're looking at the bench that we had in previous years, and okay, fair enough. I I personally think Christian Eriksen didn't come to Man United to sit on the bench. That's what I personally think, and I think yeah. a lot of United fans will be surprised to see how many games he's actually going to play. And even if he does start on the bench on in certain games, to have that as an option off the bench is not a bad thing for me. No, of course and. Not. If you look at, I, I, I look at the system that Ten Hag plays, the football that he wants to play, which is possession-based, a lot of triangles in midfield and stuff like that, keeping the ball, not losing the ball. I think Ericsson fits that. And again, I think he will play a lot of games. It's, it might look as a bad, it might, it might look like a bad signing because he's over, he's 30 years of age, like you said. We have, we've got him for three years. He's probably going to leave on a free, not extend his contract, leave him at 33 years of age. But... I think he's one of those signings at 30 years, which is not a bad signing. I personally think that. If it was anyone else that doesn't quite have the quality for Man United, I would have had my, my, you know, I would have had been a bit more sceptical. But in this case, I honestly think this is a good signing because he fits the Ten Hag uh, football. Um, he fits Ten Hag's style of play to a T, in my opinion. So, but does it? Like, I, I get it, but I'm thinking Ten Hag's never managed this guy, not once in a professional game. He's not. So I, I I can't say that he fits the system. And the fact, like, yes, he trained with him and that's how he got back into the level he's playing now. And I listen, I saw him I saw him when he was playing against us. He looked like the best yeah. player on the pitch. So, <laughs> like, so I, I get that he comes in and walks into our midfield. But I feel like we can have that with so many other players that United need to think ahead. This is why I liked Ranić Because Ranić was like, transfer-wise, we don't just think ahead. United needs to go find the next big thing. 
we don't we need to stop buying these stopgap players. Like I get okay, fair enough. One stopgap player won't kill us. And if we sign Ericsson at the end, once we had we got our centre back, our DM, our right wing or whatever, and then we sign Ericsson, I'll be like, yes, good signing. But I just don't trust Man United to make that. And that signing just shows me that we've learned nothing. Because what if we keep doing this? If we keep doing this same transfer strategy we've been having for the past 10 years and mm. expecting different results with different managers, bro, we're going to be like, live. I don't want to say it, but I feel like if we don't change the way we do transfers, we can end up like Liverpool. 30 mm. years. I'm not going to say it's going to be 30 years because I was saying, because loads of people, you know how United, everyone hates United. Everyone was like, oh, it's going to be 30, 40 years. I was yeah. like, no, nah, man, like, come on. Like, let's remain United. Let's be realistic. It's, it's already been 10, bro. Mm. We're nearly halfway. We're a third of the way there. And that and this 10 years have gone quick and we've not done, and we've been doing the same amount of things. Like, I love Man United to a, to a T, bro, but it just upsets me. Like, this year, I'm so desensitised from Man United. I trust Ten Hag. I feel like Ten Hag's not an idiot and I feel like we will play good football. But until I see changes in the way we do things on the pitch and off the pitch, I'm not going to bother, like, putting my heart and soul into it because it's just insane, bro. Like, mm. Ericsson, yeah, good signing, whatever. But we we could have we could have had that same profile of player with a younger player and had the same amount of squad depth for longer. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I get what you mean, yeah. But but anyway, that's that enough of Ericsson. So you're saying yes for Dybala in a sense that if we get Ronaldo, we might have lost like Dybala. Yeah, you might as well. And, and in terms of wages as well, and I just literally just tweeted out a few minutes ago. Um, if United fans are against, or for those who are against um, Dybala for the for for the um, reason of of wages, because a lot of people are saying it's the wages, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm like, okay, cool. If you don't want to sign, if you don't want Dybala to join Man United because of the wages. Well, according to reports, it's said that he wants to cut down his wages to 100k a week. Dybala on a free for 100k a week, I wouldn't say no. <clears throat> Sorry, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. no. Either, but do you, do you honestly think he'll come for 100k a week? I, I, I'm obviously we don't know if it's true, but if it is true, I wouldn't say no. Knowing the fact that there's, there's squad players out there or fringe players that are on 60, 65, 70, 80, Brandon Williams, the likes of them, they're on like 70k a week, 80k a week, and to bring in Dybala for, for 100. I wouldn't say no to that, but yeah, yeah, that's that's just me. No, I I agree, but I just feel like we can't like in this sense. If Ronaldo goes and we get that battle, I get it because we're desperate for a striker. The striker market's dead, but I just need us to go like the Manasio, right? The signings yeah. like that, signings yeah. that this is young talent that Ten Hag wants that he can improve. Mm. When, once we start making signings like that, then I'll feel comfortable again with my squad, um, but. Listen, that's enough on that. Uh, let's get on to Lissandro Martinez. Apparently, yes. um, he's been well. He's been heavily linked to us for a minute now. Mm-hmm. Where do you see him playing? Because a lot of people saying he's going to be the left side of centre back. A lot of people saying he's going to be the DM. Where do you see Lissandro Martinez in Ten Hag's system? Um, I see him primarily playing as a uh, left side of centre back um, because I don't think <clears throat> I don't think Ten Hag will trust Maguire or anyone else to play in that position. And I think he would want that balance to have a right side of center back on the right side and left side a left footed center back on the, on the left side to have that balance. And just to, it's also just natural, you know, to be more comfortable on the ball because if you put a right side right foot right footed um, center back on the left side, naturally it's not their fault, but naturally he's going to revert back to his right, which is you know probably going to mess up the system in, in 
and, and what Ten Hag wants to do in terms of style of play. So I think he will predominantly play as a left-sided um, centre-back, which I wouldn't be against. Um, I've seen him play a couple of games in the Champions League with Ajax. Um, I've seen him, you know, lock up a hundred million pound Nunes in in uh, in the Champions League tie against Liverpool. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Um, you know, again, the criticism comes in that you know he's too short and he's not tall enough. Listen, when you can play ball, you don't really have to be tall as a centre back. I mean, yeah. if we go way back in, no, in, in time, right? Cannavaro was, I think, he was um, shorter than six foot. Amazing centre back. So I'm not against it. Um, let's see how it pans out. Apparently, the, the deal is closed. Um, he's probably not going to be on that plane for for Bangkok, but it is what it is. So, yeah, man, um, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I like the look of it. So, so let's say so far, because we we know what's going on with Frankie and that deal, and I feel like that deal will get done eventually. Yeah. But let's say our signing so far is Lissandro Martinez, Frankie, mm-hmm. Malasia, and Ericsson. Where else do you feel like Man United needs to strengthen desperately? I feel like we might have to be a, we might have to go in the market for another fullback, a right back. Yeah. Um because I don't think I think Dallow will be our starting um right back, but I don't think Ten Hag will trust Wambisaka. I don't think he'll trust him just because technically he's not that secure like a Dallow. Uh, maybe going forward and, and track him in terms of going for no, sorry, in terms of defending, Dallow might have a few difficulties, but when it comes to going forward, showing technical ability to whip in the ball, etc., etc., he can do it. Whereas Wambisaka it's the opposite. He's very good defensively, but when it comes to like being technically secure and you know passing that ball around quickly and going forward and whipping that ball in, he struggles a little bit. So mm. I think we might be in for another right back. Who I can't think of one right now off the top of my head, but um, hopefully Ten Hag identifies a good one and you know maybe another so one. Do you feel like, so I would I would say right back. Do you feel like Wan Bissaka's career at United is done? Completely. I feel like it's done, yeah. Um, he hasn't really played under Rangnick. Um, as soon as Rangnick came in, it was he was pretty much phased out. And then Dallow played the rest of the season. Wambasaka played like maybe five games or something. Um, so yeah, I think I think if a, if a suitable bid comes in, he could go. The problem is the wages again because we're paying <laughs> we're paying very high wages. Um, so it might be a thing where he goes out on loan. We pay half of the wages. Then after that, there's an obligation to buy or an option to buy. Um, but yeah, I, I think his career at Manchester United is done. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I feel like uh, the two right backs, if hopefully we need a right back, but someone like Dallow or Ethan Laird might be in a team depending on how well they do. Ooh, I forgot about Laird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah he's he's a decent. Um, I did one thing though because when Ten Hag was um, before he was announced, I was doing proper research into Ajax. I was reading the book. I was even reading books, bro, on on Ajax and <laughs> Ten Hag. Like it was crazy. But I saw in Ten Hag's system, in his 4-2-3-1 system, one of the fullbacks go up and one of them tuck in as a free in possession and acts like a third centre-back. Mm-hmm. So, hypothetically, let's say if Shaw or Manasia is that. So, for instance, with um, Ajax, it was uh, Mazuari was going up yeah. and they was tucking in. So, let's say, hypothetically, in that system, let's say Manasia or our left side goes up or Shaw, and the other one tucks in. Do you think Wambasaka could play that role? Because they're kind of acting like a third centre back. And we've all said if there's one position Wambasaka could play, would be in a back three, right? Do you let's say hypothetically if that happens, do you feel like that could be the only thing to save his career, or is it still completely done? It could be. 
if he works on his positioning, because we all know his positioning, and especially when we lose the ball, a lot of goals that we conceded over the years has been because Wan-Bissaka's positioning was, was not good at all. So if he yeah. works on that, there could be a possibility for, for him to play in that right centre-back role. If one of the left-backs moves up and then one has to tuck in, the other one has to tuck in. That's not a bad idea at all. And it's, it's the same thing for Shaw. If Shaw plays on that left-hand side and we play Dallow, then Dallow goes up and then left, uh, Luke Shaw tucks in as that left centre-back. And I think he has played left centre-back, but I just can't yeah, remember Liverpool, when. Liverpool was it away. Liverpool? Yeah, Liverpool uh, away. A couple of seasons ago, Liverpool away. That, yeah, it was one of his best games. We played three. He actually did quite well. Yeah, very, well, very good game yeah. from him. So that could be something that could save him as well. So yeah, that's, that's a very good idea. Um, okay. Also, so right back, I feel like we need... Uh, Anthony from Ajax, we've been linked with him. I'm not sure. I feel like our valuation is way too low for what Ajax actually want. What do you think of him? Do you feel like he's a player we need? He's a player that we need to go for and just pay the money? Or do you feel like we could go in the market and get a right, a left-footed right winger somewhere else? Bro, that right-hand side has been screaming for someone for years. And if Anthony can be the one coming in and, and secure that spot for him for himself... Why not, man? Why not? I mean, uh, from what I've seen, obviously, the tricks and the flicks is something that catches my eye instantly and is pleasing to the eye. But he can be very productive as well. He mixes it with productivity. It's not just showboating for 90 minutes. No, he's actually, you know, his output is good. So, um, <clears throat> and again, a lot of people... Season, Was it 12 goals and assists? Yeah, in yeah, yeah last season, yeah. Um, and obviously, the first thing that comes to people's mind is, yes, but this is the Premier League. It's very hard. It's very physical. Listen, I've seen David Silva boss the Premier League for 10 years straight and he wasn't. He, he didn't look nowhere near bulked up and strong. And No. So if he can come to the Prem and, you know, obviously there will, he will have some time to adapt, which is absolutely normal. But if he comes in, listen, and secures that right spot for himself, why not? Why not? And the valuation, obviously, like you said, our valuation of Anthony is probably lower than what Ajax want. Um, well, I read yesterday that they want a combined 125 for for Anthony and Lis Lissandro, is what I read. God, um, yeah, no, they can yeah. chill, bro. They can <laughs> chill. You can spend 125 million on two players way better than them two. I'm so sorry. And they're good, but nah. Yeah, they want to combine 125 for both. And I was like, if you want that for both, then I'd rather go for one and then get the other maybe next season. Um, to be fair, though, we spent a combined 130. On 30 on one per second. There you go. That was my first thought. And I was like, hold on. If we did that, then we can surely we can do 125 for two. Better plays than one per second and Maguire. So let's, let's see what United do. Let's see. Mm. Um, so we've spoken about positions, right winger. I still haven't heard DM, which is which is this is what I'm worried about mm -hmm. is that we haven't signed a DM. Now, I personally feel like watching Frankie and knowing how he plays, mm -hmm. if we play him in a pivot, do we need to play him? Do we need a DM next to him? Do you feel like that is a position we need? Because really and truly, I feel like we haven't replaced Michael Carrick yeah. in, since he left in 2017. And I know people were saying that our oh, Ericsson plays quite deep. Well, he played quite deep for Brentford, but that's because we can't even name Brentford's midfield, right? And he wanted to collect the ball and be the person on the ball spraying it, mm -hmm. which I don't think he will do for Man United. I feel like Ericsson's best things are in the final third. Mm -hmm. So if we sign Frankie, do we need to sign another DM? Or is it Lissandro Martinez the DM? Like, because we've not, the only DM I can think that we've been linked with is, well, let's say Ruben Evans at the start, but that's quieted down Lissandro mm -hmm. Martinez. But now we're, planning to play him left centre-back. Mm -hmm. 
who was who's that DM? Because right now we don't officially have one as Matic has left. We don't have an actual number six. Yeah. This is where Lissandra Martinez comes in because he can play in that role as well. Um, but then you would have to be absolutely 100% sure of who you're going to play as, as centre-backs. So Lissandra Martinez can play in that position, but I'm, I'm, I've got a different opinion on the whole DM situation. I think we've all been crying out for a DM because of the system that we played in under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Because obviously Fred and McTominay wasn't good enough. Fred alone was not good enough. McTominay alone was not good enough. Ten Hag's system, because their midfield rotates so much during the game, you don't really have one set DM that stays there for the whole game. It just screams. Sometimes with Ajax, for example, it would be, um, well, last season, it would be Lissandro Martinez if he played in DM. It would be Timber sometimes. Then it would be Gravenberch. Then it would be... And they rotate in the game. They just rotate and just replace each other when one goes forward, the other one takes the place. So I don't really think we need a specialist DM in that position. Because, obviously, yeah, we were linked with the likes of Basuma. Um, people like Ndidi came up, but that was obviously way before. But they are they are specialist DMs. Like, they have to play in that six, and they can't play any other position. I think Ten Hag wants people that are quite flexible, that can rotate during the game in midfield. So maybe that's why we haven't really gone in for a DM right now. That's that's my thought. I think that's, that's why we haven't gone and signed a specialist um, number six. So, thinking of that DM, let's say we get Frankie and we're playing a double pivot. Who would you put next to Frankie and why? Who would I put next to Frankie? Um, that's a hard one. I think I would go for Fred. I think I would go for Fred because if you tell Frankie... So, hypothetically speaking, when you play Fred and McTominay, Fred is the one that usually does all the running. He does all like the hard work, the tackling, winning the ball back, etc. You would expect Scott McTominay to be the one dropping deep, asking for the ball. But we all know that, you know, he hides behind players and stuff like that. So if we keep Fred in that double pivot and we put Frankie next to him, Frankie could be the one dropping deep, asking for the ball. And we all know that he's not shy to do that. Doesn't Never shies away from the ball. Demands to pick up the ball from very, very deep, sometimes even a goalkeeper, and then just drives forward. If we can have a double pivot of Fred and De Jong, I think that could work. I see it. I see it. I don't know. I don't know, bro. I'm just, I'm, I'm so worried. I was because the midfield. <laughs> I hear you. Is, the, the midfield is key. I feel like if listen, if there's one, one of us, one player that has to be now, it has to be Fred because I feel like he's out of midfield as we have. He's the most competent on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Fred. I feel like Fred and Frankie could work because, as you said, Frankie even said it himself. He likes to pick up the ball from the centre backs. Yeah. So if he's doing that, someone that can you know play one touch football to an extent and also do running right now at our club is Fred. Mm-hmm. And listen, the guy plays for Brazil at the end of the day. So, there so you go. and we saw under Ranić when Ranić was playing him higher up as an eight, he started performing a bit. So if we get the best out of Fred, we might as well, because he's on his last year contract. He might be playing for a contract. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, Donny van der Beek, I, w- I want to ask you, what yeah. do you think about him? How important do you feel like this season is for Donny van der Beek? It's crucial for him, man. Um, it's crucial for him. There's, there's the World Cup coming up for him as well. I'm, I'm very pretty sure that he wants to play for Holland because I don't think he's ever played, apart from the Euros, he's never really played a major tournament with them. So um, it's going to be very, very crucial for Ten Hag to give him his confidence back. He just 
escaped relegation with Everton as well last season. Um, so this season is very crucial. He needs to get the confidence back, um, needs to be playing regular football again. And <clears throat> those things will help him perform. And I believe Ten Hag will be able to get a tune out of him. Obviously, they know each other from Ajax. So I don't think there should be any issues there. But I'm, I'm hoping for the best because he's a player I really like. When he's at the top of his game, he's unbelievable. Unbelievable player. Um, people remember what, what he did at Ajax when they went to the likes of Juventus, Real Madrid. They came to, to the UK when they played Chelsea. They, he was unplayable. So if we manage to get him back to that level, uh, we've got a quality midfielder in our hands and people will actually see what he's all about. Mm. So um, going into pre-season now, we've got Liverpool on, yes. on Friday. Um, how important will it be for Ten Hag to go up against um, English opposition? Because you know, I think I think we're playing Liverpool, Palace, and Villa. I think. So, uh, yeah, Villa. I haven't checked the fixtures. I, I know we're playing Liverpool Palace fixture. and Liverpool, but yeah. I know we've got three Premier League teams there. So, how important okay. would it be for him to go up against? I know it's only pre-season, but him to go up against Premier League sides and see how his system will work. I think he will take those games very serious because you know how sometimes Premier League sides will not take. The preseason game series is all about. They will say it's about the fitness, and fitness, I yeah. think he he will want to win those games, and he will want to see his system take form. Um, we've all seen the footages online of that little passing drill that they did that he literally copied from the Ajax um, team. He yeah. wants he would want to see that on the pitch as well. He wants to see that implemented on the pitch, and I think from there you will see him start to build his team step by step. So. Um, I'm expecting him to want to win those games. And if we don't win, I think, yeah, you would expect him to be upset and, you know, keep on working on those passing drills and um, implement the system. So I'm expecting not big things, but I'm just expecting to see his system implemented in the team by the time we play Liverpool um, on the 12th. And uh, also, who is the youngster you're looking forward to watching the most in pre-season and why? I've got two, actually. Um, I've got Hannibal and I've yeah. got Jimmy Garner. I think Jimmy Garner might play a big, big role in terms of being a youngster that's from the academy and Ten Hag takes him under his wing. And yeah, he's done very well with uh, Nottingham Forest, obviously winning promotion to the Prem. Um, so I think him and Hannibal might be the two to look out for this season. Mm. We might see some great things from both. Where do you think Hannibal's best position is? I think Hannibal's best position is in, in the 10, um, 10, in the middle of the park. Just being able to give him the ball, turn out, spin around defenders and, and, and drive forward and, you know, look for that last pass in the final third uh, to assist someone for them to score the goal. So I think that's his best position. If you try to play him off the wing, it could work, but it would feel unnatural to him because I've seen two live games from him with the under-23s. And in that middle of the park, he's as, he is as comfortable as ever. Like, yeah. that is his position. Um, I wanted to quickly ask you about a couple more uh, youngsters, Ahmad and Facundo Pelestri. Pelestri had a good preseason last season. And I personally feel mm -hmm. like Ahmad has not played a bad game under United yet, even though he's mm -hmm. played not that many. Do you see them, if they have a good preseason, do you see them both going out on loan once again? Or do you think one of them can break into the first team this season as a backup or maybe as a starter if we don't get Anthony? Um, I think, yeah, I was actually going to mention that. If we don't get Anthony, I think Ahmad might be in contention for that um, spot on the right-hand side. Not as a starter, but he could work his way up to be that starter. Um, I think his loan spell at Rangers wasn't the best. Um, his confidence might be quite low. So, excuse me, again, a very technical baller, 
technically very secure, knows how to pass the ball, the little give and go on the wing. He's kind of like Sancho a little bit, give and go, looking for the, the little combination football, one touch, two touch, uh, one twos, giveaways and stuff like that. So he could be he could be in contention for that right uh, right hand side spot if we don't get Anthony and I would I could rather I'd rather see him have a bigger role than in the first team rather than um Pelestri even though I haven't seen much of Pelestri yet I haven't really watched his uh, his games at um was it was it Alaves yeah, um, yeah. oh he better play for Alaves I only watched highlights of him playing for Uruguay Wow. Yeah, that's that's actually, yeah. That's when I see, every time I see highlights is with Uruguay. So. Uruguay, yeah. You never so, see yeah. them they, they barely play him. I think Palestri might go on loan again, but I think Ahmad might stay. That's what I think. And uh, last but not least, I want to quickly talk on uh, Sancho and Rashford. Where do you feel like their best positions would be this season and what can Ten Hag do to bring the best out of them? I think both are very comfortable on the left. Um, when we brought Sancho in, the talk was that we were going to play him on the right, but then we played him off the left for one game and he was incredible. So both are going to have to fight for that spot. And, you know, competition brings out the best in people sometimes. So let's see who works the hardest and let's see who's going to solidify that spot for himself. Um, I personally think Sancho is going to be first choice because I think Rashford has a lot to prove. Um, Last season was in his best. The season before that was in his best either. So he's got a lot of work to do in terms of proving that he deserves that spot on the left. But naturally, with Ten Hag's system, I think Sancho is um, first choice. And um, going into the season, I know it's still early days. We've still got so much left in the window. What are your expectations for Man United in this coming mm. season? Okay, so expectation-wise, I would say top four. That would be a good start. Um, in terms of Europa League, I would say if we get to the semis, I'll be happy. Um, Carabao Cup, I would say try and go and try and win it. Why not? Try and win that. FA Cup, go as far as possible. So I would say semis as well. Semis, yeah. To be fair, when we, we've got to realise with this squad, Solskjaer was getting us semis in all competitions. <laughs> yeah, so that, that <laughs> should be the least. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as bad as we think we are, like Solskjaer was getting us places. He didn't get us over the line, but he was getting us some places. Yeah. But bro, thank you so much for joining the La podcast. Normally at the end of the uh, podcast, I let my guests shout out what they're doing, who they are and what they got going on. So the floor is yours, bro. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on, bro. Really appreciate that. It was uh, really good to talk to you. Um, as you can see here, the, oh, right here, the at name's there. Follow me on every social media platform you can think of. YouTube, um, Snapchat, um, no, not Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Um, so, yeah, all my content is on, on those platforms. So, yeah, make sure you follow me on there. Brilliant. And thank you guys for watching or listening to another episode of the La Carrington podcast. You know the drill already. You can follow the Zone LDN on Twitter or at me, Tony FOK, anything else. Until next time, people.
Pogba trying to get in again. He's in again. He scores again. What a comeback by Manchester United. Driven by Paul Pogba. Breaks here for Bruno Fernandes. Oh, what a strike. What an unbelievable hit from Bruno Fernandes. Shaw. Into Ronaldo.